We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 565 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Neil Hilton, and I'm actually really thankful that I did speak to you yesterday about that double feature I did with Robbie Lowe about the history of the club, the big iceberg thing that we did. And I hope that gave you enough enjoyable, and I know it was some crazy content too, but enough content to maybe even warm you over. Or if you hadn't watched it yet, you can watch it now and kind of forget about today. Because unfortunately, here in the present, I am talking about the 0-0 draw with Athletic Club. So without further ado, let's dive right in. If you're not subscribed already, that would be a big help because there's not a lot going on at the club right now. So when there is something happening, I want everybody to see it. So subscribe to the channel or give me a good rating on the podcast apps if you're one of the listeners helping out on Patreon, the merch store. Those are all the ways to help me out. So let's jump in to five headlines from Barcelona 0-0 draw with Athletic Club. Headline one was Valverde had a plan. Now, I know it's really easy for people to now kind of be jumping on the bandwagon of Valverde was right. He was a great coach. He was underappreciated while he was at Barcelona. And it is kind of frustrating, though, to watch the Xavi in the present thing and starting to have a referendum on Xavi's time because we know he's leaving against what Valverde has built at Athletic Club because he does deserve that being Valverde some credit. Xavi, I thought from the start, wisely put his 11 to have Araujo on the left and Kubarsi on the right, though that did backfire, I think, for me and my excitement early on. Araujo did misplay a pass in the second minute, but I think why people really are talking about Valverde and comparing this season of him at Athletic Club to Xavi is that every time Barcelona and Xavi have had a chance this season, every time that you go into a match and say, this is Barca's moment, as all the other moments have been this season too. The Real Madrid winner was whistled away against Valencia. I'm not here to talk about whether I think that was fair or not, but the full-time whistle was blown as the ball was in midair. So that meant that Real Madrid had dropped two points. And then Girona fell to Mallorca in what was an ugly match to try to sit through as well, 1-0. So yeah, to tell you, I did Mallorca-Girona, then I did Barcelona Athletic Club, and I think my eyes are completely melted out of my skull. But if Barcelona had beaten Athletic Club, they would have rose to second place in the league table and be just six points off the top, which I had mentioned on the show to Kevin that historically you don't come back from 11 down. You don't come back to double digits at all. Nine was the greatest that they come back from. And that was in almost half the number of match days. So Barcelona, historically, it was never really going to happen. But six points meant that there's a first time for everything. But every time, as I said, it felt like it was Barcelona's moment. Not only is it not their moment, and this is going to be the theme of this five headlines, as you know, that not only is it not their moment or they fail to achieve to that moment, but it seems like they always take a step backwards as well. 
For the actual match here, there are some things to speak about, but this was one of the more duller matches that I saw this season. Not in terms of boring, just in terms of tangible things that actually happen. Because even in boring, there are little things to recognize. But I thought this was just a match of a team with Valverde that had seven players rotated, but have a system, have a style, have a way to play, and were coming off that exuberant high of making the Copa del Rey final. But they were still at home in front of a ravenous crowd, so there still was a bit of energy and intensity to their play. And for Barcelona, of course, things change up very quickly in this game. Seventh minute, good job by Kubarsi here stepping up for the offside trap against Berenger. Kubarsi and the back line also got Iñaki Williams in the 42nd minute too. So I thought Barcelona and that offside trap that had given in goals before could have completely wilted, and they didn't. The positives here will be far and few between, but you know I'm going to call them out when I see them, so that's a positive. Twelfth minute, Kunde with a casual giveaway for the two weeks that he had. It felt like today was almost right back to the way it was, but I was happy not to see Nico Williams against what Kunde brought to the table because Kunde did have enough to deal with what Athletic Club were throwing at him, that being in Perringer, but I think he would have struggled much more against Nico Williams. This was a reminder too that if you're Barcelona, don't play with your food against Ernesto Valverde and Athletic Club on the road. Got to be critical and can't let them in your half of the field. 16th minute, Kunde held off Imanel, but Barcelona were still at that moment. It was a good play by Kunde playing with fire. And when I say plan, what I mean by that is that Athletic Club and Valverde this season, if you watch them, they do a good job, especially against teams that they expect are going to have more possession than them, to keep things quite narrow vertically. Valverde may have even adapted that tactic even further once he saw Rafinha instead of Lamine Mall in the starting 11. You defend in the smallest space possible and try to stretch out the team as much as possible when attacking. And I know this seems like a really simple, fundamental thing about football. But again, I remind you to why people were so frustrated about Valverde matches when he managed Barcelona is that he was pragmatic. He was practical. That's not just lip service. That 4-4-2 that he played had people bored and frustrated and complaining, but he did get the results. The kind of results that Kool-Aid's at this point, if you could go back in time now six years or seven years, I think Kool-Aid's would be over the moon for those Ernesto Valverde results at the time, even if it was coming in a pragmatic way, which is still what he's doing at Athletic Club, which is a pragmatic playing club. And that is why it has been a perfect fit for him. Athletic Club 2 with some Route 1 football in the first half. And yet, the positive, as I said, was Barcelona were finding ways to defend against it. Headline 2, injuries are the headline. It's going to be hard for me to even talk about the rest of this match after this, because this really is the headline. You hate to see De Jong go down the way he did with that ankle. He could not walk off under his own power. He also left the stadium on crutches and in an orthopedic boot. Very similar to what was already taken him out of multiple games this season. And he had to be stretched off the field. Always tough to watch. And you could see his face. He knew what it meant. But as of time of recording, I don't know about his status or Pedri's status. We can only assume that De Jong, if he's back for the end of the season, will likely be back quicker than Pedri. But again, who knows? And that brought Fermin Lopez on in the 26th minute. Meaning that Xavi, and this is actually an important part of this, that meant that even though he hasn't really trusted his bench, Xavi lost a sub in the first half. And I know you kind of don't really care too much about that because the bigger picture is obviously that De Jong knew that this is not going to be a little bit of time that likely he'll be out. Looking at his face, you could tell that I think he knew that it was going to be multiple games or multiple weeks, and that's unfortunate. So that's the big picture. What this also did in this game, though, it forced Pedri to come deeper. And I think Xavi wisely, just like I said with the starting 11 about Araujo on the left and Kubarsi staying on the right, I think Xavi has learned lessons over the course of this season because he did keep... Gunda won farther forward and he dropped Pedri in deeper because I do go back to the shows that I did where we kind of debating that and trying to figure that out. But I think having Gunda won farther forward is the decided right answer to that question. And Fermi Lopez 
silver linings here in the moment. It felt like might be a more natural fit up there on the left wing anyway. But as we know, as this game went along, and maybe this does go to my point that I talked about with Kevin midweek on that show. I, I don't mean to say I told you so, but it felt like Fermi Lopez was a bit stretched thin. As I said, him coming in for Pedri and Gunawan staying up there with him, Christensen keeping the shape, even with missing De Young and replacing him with Pedri for at least 17 minutes, it felt like Fermi Lopez was set up in this game to succeed. He was against a side that if you run, work hard against them, that maybe there was going to be some space to exploit because they were playing in that narrow vertical space. But I, I was quite disappointed in this. And I said, I go back to the idea I said on Wednesday that maybe because 26 minutes in, it really is starter minutes. Maybe starter minutes isn't what Fermi Lopez is ready for. Maybe that's not where his game is at. Maybe he can inject energy into the second half when a team is a little more weathered down. I was just overall disappointed, not just with him, by many players. Like, Cancelo, really rough for me today and unable to affect the game in any tangible way. And I felt the same thing about Fermi Lopez, and I felt the same thing about Lewandowski and Rafinha as well. So it's not just Fermi Lopez. I add all those names to that gumbo of mediocrity today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 31st minute, Pedri de Gundogan, nice through ball, two Fermin Lopez, the cleared ball to Cancelo. This was a real big moment in the game, and I know I'm mentioning Fermin and Cancelo here, but really the only moment for Barcelona. The chip was so close with Unai Simon off his line to pressure Fermin Lopez, and Cancelo just trying to chip that one over everybody. Uri, though, was up to it, made the second save after Unai Simon got a piece of it to slow it down enough. And while I did think Unai Simon had it covered, Yurite still had to get that right. And there's a way that he gets that wrong. And Barcelona really do get a stroke of good fortune from Cancelo. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Luck obviously wasn't on their side today. And I know I say you make your own luck, but there's some weird thing about the universe where Barcelona had none of it today either. Now the 43rd minute, Pedri went down too. And at that point, I'm saying, was the team actually healthy coming into this? You know the story with Pedri. It looks like another muscle injury after... He plays a long diagonal ball and the commentary team, and maybe we'll find out later that he had tweaked it earlier in the match. I mean, was he not honest about it? And it feels like at this point with midfield, it is a snake bitten position. Anybody that plays on that left side there next to even a pivot or not a pivot, it's De Young, it's Gabi, it's Pedri. It is Barcelona's three best midfielders in that position. 
that is not the pivot and is not going to run farther forward as that high right interior. It's the other guy in a midfield three, or it's one of the other two guys in that midfield four, and they had just been snake bitten. On paper, you do say that it should be Gabi, Pedri, and De Jong should be their three best midfielders. And for them to miss all the time they have this season with injuries to all three of them, it's just been heartbreaking. And with that on came Lamine Mall, which coupled with a second half tackle that was made by Kabarsi in his own box, just had me thinking about young players being put in the firing line too soon and saying, well, now you have Lamine Mall coming in after we've said, well, Pedri probably was burnt out early on in his career. And now Lamine Mall, with everything going on with Spain this summer as well, it's not like Pedri's likely going to take his spot in the Spain squad. So I could easily see Lamine Mall racking up way, way, way too many minutes. And that also meant that it was a second substitution window, pushing Rafinha to the left, and then Fermin Lopez also dropping in his right interior. In defense, quickly, of Fermin, I think that having him play in two different positions within minutes of each other, because important players in the team and the ones who were supposed to help you control the match and create pace, create balance, those two went down, and you're asking Fermin Lopez to do three different things. I mean, coming into the game in the first half, playing on the left as that inverted left winger, and then playing as the interior it's just really tough to ask him to do all of that in 17 minutes since De Jong had to be taken off. And I had said this exactly one month ago on February 3rd, and I will repeat it again. Xavi doesn't really get to make tactical substitutions. When he fails to, I try to make him accountable for those, and I mention those. But more often than not this season, it doesn't feel like he makes tactical substitutions. He just has to kind of save his subs and then wait for a player to pick up an injury and sub them out. I know that seems pessimistic, but that's the way it feels after a game like this, and that's what it's felt like for so much of this season. Let's pick up the pace a little bit with our final three headlines. Individual belief over collective continuity is headline three. The press was back to passive at best for Barcelona. Kind of frustrating. Felt like after a whole week that you would be a bit more interested, inspired, and organized. Instead, I found a team on the press at least that looked uninterested or uninspired or disorganized. Not great to see. And it also felt like when Barca gave it away, it led to at least half a chance. And when Athletic Club lost it, Barca were fortunate to find themselves getting a corner out of the attack. And Gundogan and Ter Stegen both mentioned this in post-game talks. Barca attacked without numbers today, and that was a problem. It's hard to imagine, but this Barcelona team, they attack too quickly. They attack with individual belief, and they rely on the players and who they are and their reputation and their egos on paper, but no collective continuity. That has felt like it has been a main through line of this team and one of the arguments I think people make against Xavi and maybe they're right. That this seems like a team at times lacking a collective idea and you can see that there are instructions that are given individual players and there are moments for the individuals, especially those who have self-belief. But then in totality, this team, the collectivism is not there the way it needs to be. 67th minute, speaking of individuals, I mean them all continues to be individually brilliant every time he's on the field this year. And a mix of feet with Berenger brings him down with a bit of contact. But the referee and VAR said it wasn't enough. And this one's really tough. I know Kool-Aid wants something to have gone right for them in the game. And that's why, as I'm watching it in lifetime, I'm saying something has got to go right for Barcelona today. But as I had said, early results went right for them. And maybe that was the luck that Barcelona had, that they had the opportunity to get within six of the top of the table. And I don't know, I, I, I'm 50-50 on this, which I know as Kool-Aid, this is not what you want to hear. But as you've heard me before, happened with Vitor Roque a few weeks ago, when I think something is completely outrageous, I tell you that, and I say Barcelona are hard done by in those moments. 
even after it all finished, I am fine with it not being a penalty. But as you always hear in the times, but I don't want to take a stand on something. If this was called a penalty, I completely see that argument too with this contact. Headline four, some changes, same result. The big picture is that once again, Barca struggled to get anything going in the second half as well. They did look shell-shocked after the injuries, which is not an excuse for this team. It really isn't. There's no excuse for the players on the field, because even when you lose to Young and Pedri, there's still 11 players on the field against 11. You also had a full week off, and Athletic Club played midweek. So even losing two of your most important players, there has to be something. 76 minute came the five total changes, both teams. Athletic Club had two more at that time. In Barcelona, it was Inigo Martinez, Jao Felix, and Oro Romeu for Kovarsi, Rafinha, and Christensen. And on paper, without what we know, those three names sound either more experienced or more natural in the positions that they entered in. But we do know that Barca, over the course of these recent seasons, has a way of tearing up what the papers say about players, and nothing hypothetical matters once the game starts. Christensen not being able to go 90 is tough as well, by the way, for the defensive midfielder position when you look across other D-mids in world football and teams that rely on them for the full 90 minutes and that flow and continuity that they provide. But that is another topic, I think, for another time and a luxury also that Barcelona cannot ask for. If Christensen can't go 90 in a new position, then that's why Xavi's taking him off. Understandable. Once again, individual talent, though, meant that the game was winnable until the very end. So that is the silver lining about the individual talent. And the other argument about subs, no Vita Roque, because again, on paper, it makes sense what he may have been able to add against Athletic Club on that press. But the lack of belief yet in his individual talent, which is the theme that I'm throwing at you, and that's not just Xavi. I think potentially the player in his new team may not have the belief in his individual talent yet. In this moment, I am defending him. So if you disagree with me, let me know. But I'm saying that I get why we didn't see Vita Roque. But I also hear you that that is the case, that utility is not as useful as the possibility of inconsistent players giving you something special. And I think that idea is really what sums up the sub pattern for Barcelona. And I understand Domagoy, when he comes on the show and makes the argument that Jao Felix does have something special in his boots. But when you have one Jao Felix, as in one player who has something special, really, truly special, that he can show you, but he's inconsistent, which is what Jao Felix has always been, you can have one or two of those guys. But when it feels like so much of your team is like that, where you feel like you're rolling the dice that day and saying, all right, something special from these inconsistent players, give us something, because the other players, we don't have enough individual belief or a collective team game plan to succeed with that the players who might have some utilitarian purpose to what we're trying to do here with this greater idea, we can't use them because at this moment, they may not be capable of the truly special thing that we've seen or think we've seen so often from Lewandowski or Zhao Felix or anything like that. That was confusing. Again, let me know if it made any sense to you down in the comments below. Last thing from the match, again, Cancelo was rough. That is the only thing that I wrote down in the last 10 minutes of that snooze fest where Athletic Club were happy with a point and Barca were just trying to survive long enough to pick up at least a point. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. 
It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And headline five is next man up. I don't even know how I got to five headlines here. There probably should have been just one or two, maybe just about the injuries. But I cannot imagine that Pedri or De Jong are going to be available for Napoli in the next nine days, in 10 days. And I know people will say that it's time for Casado or Unai Hernandez, but you'd assume that Ordo Romeo and Sergio Roberto are in front of them in the pecking order. And Jao Felix, or even Ferran Torres, if he's able to get back, but you don't want to rush him back to mass fitness or anything like that. And then, as I've warned you too, the next batch of midfielders from the academy that I know I said, don't throw the youngsters in, but Mark Bernal, Kim Jeanette, Guy Fernandez, who are all really doing well at the moment right now with their teams. It's too early for them to be thrown into the fire like this, where these matches really, really matter. So Barca and Xavi are going to have to suffer. You know, that Spanish use that phrase all the time. They're going to have to suffer with the players they have. Because I said before, said again, every time this season there's a chance to build even an ounce of momentum, they take a step backwards. And there's generally an injury or two or three to heap on top of the pile of negativity. And I get that. But I got two responses yesterday. This is how I'll end this. From the history piece that I did that feel fitting to me in this moment. One is a response I got about Bayern Munich and Liverpool, how they're big clubs and Barca isn't, which obviously is just a troll. But I did think about that in reference to this kind of match. Because if you look at the history of all three of those clubs, and if you're here with me now, you know that we're talking about three of the biggest clubs of all time. And big being a word that is too simplistic and drives me nuts, but that's what language is, especially when it's a Catalan club being argued about in every language and English winds up being the lowest common denominator about those arguments and that discord. And I'm appreciative of that because I make my content in English. But even in this moment, Barca has a chance to finish second in the league of the season. Just like Bayern Munich will most likely be finishing second with Leverkusen. And Liverpool could very well do with just one point separating them in the table. And those three clubs to me are still bigger clubs than Man City. And it's not even close at this point. Yet seeing the next generation coming up, they wouldn't know or care that Man City wasn't always like this. They'll grow up with Man City being today's Man City. So those arguments will start to change. But even if Xavi goes trophyless this season, which is highly likely, Barca is still one of the biggest clubs in the world. That's not going to change whether Xavi is managing, whether Laporta is the president. That's how Barcelona has been for a long, long time. And then response two, it was about Barcelona and how in their history, there's been so, so, so many worse moments than this. Even with all the bad luck with injuries and underwhelming performances, this isn't even close to as bad as other teams and years and decades have been. If you don't have a Barcelona fan in your life over the age of about 50, do try to find one, whether it's at your local Pena or even online. I know older people aren't necessarily in the same place as the younger people are on the internet. But talk to a Barcelona fan over the age of 50. And after watching the history video, and obviously they weren't around for that 11-1 in the 1940s, but do ask them about even the Figo thing or the late 90s and early 2000s where it did feel the same way, where there was Rafaldo and the Dutch players and you had really, really good individual players, but you were just coming off the four ligas with Cruyff and just a weird feeling that the club had at the time. And even that moment feels very similar to this. Was that moment even worse than the moment to Barcelona at the moment? Because Barcelona, here's the good news, they will bounce back even stronger sooner. But it's a matter of how soon, definitely not if. The only caveat I'll also add about that timeline is that there are choices that need to be made soon. So managing the young players, finding ways to create more income in the short term, making the right choice on the next manager. With a squad already assembled for next season, largely intact, 
there are things that Laporta and his board, plus Deco and his staff, can do and decisions that they can make that could have Kool-Aid's feeling much happier next season. But like every summer since COVID, the next few months and those decisions feel like they could decide the next 10 years. And that is a little correct. But things do change in sports, and they also change quickly. The one thing that doesn't change, though, is my subscriber and listener count by very many. So I'd love to see that change a bit quicker because obviously in this five headlines, I'm talking about Ernesto Valverde and you may have become a fan of the club even after Ernesto Valverde was manager. So I've been doing this show since that time. So it would really help me out if you continue to help new people find the show if they haven't already. And until next time, maybe go back and enjoy the history video if you missed it. Start with Robbie's and then continue with mine. They are broken up into parts one and two. Then I'll see you back here real soon. Until next time, Forza Barca. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.